I V M. If you're in the United States, the cliched Netflix and chill may just have turned into Netflix and bill, given that the streaming service is going to get a little more expensive. You've probably been through it before. But why is that, you ask? One, the streaming wars are heating up, so users might end up picking and choosing. But more importantly, it's because Netflix is splurging on content, much like other companies with industry numbers projecting streaming giants to spend more than $140 billion in 2022. Let's tell you more. There's a good chance you've stumbled upon a gripping sports docuseries and well binged it as a nice palate cleanser, be it around Formula One or tennis or cricket or even basketball. Guess what? Netflix wants you to watch more of it. So what does it do? It inks another deal, this time with the Professional Golf Association or PGA to produce a sports docuseries. Now, what does this mean? Simply put, Netflix is looking at sport a little more seriously. Given its aggression in acquiring content, it might just wade into live territory. Speaking of which, according to a Bloomberg report, the Netflix CEO is not averse to the idea of acquiring global rights to a marquee sport. In fact, the report, quoting unnamed sources, added that Netflix was looking at the WWE as a possible option and even had talks with them, except the deal didn't go through. But even there, it showed intent. And sport is not just where Netflix is following through on its intent. In fact, Netflix is doubling down on Korean shows. And not just that, it's now going to use its learnings from South Korea to try and conquer the rest of Asia, be it India, Thailand, or even Mandarin shows out of China. So what's working? Beyond the obvious, that is, the success of Korean shows such as Squid Game, Netflix has quietly grown to become a licensing giant in the country. Essentially, it buys successful local franchises such as Crash Landing on You and takes them global. And it's working, particularly with the Hallyu wave going global during the pandemic and increasing interest in Korean culture, especially among its younger users. In short, with its spend on sport in Korea, Netflix may have quietly unearthed its growth tonic, especially in global markets. Interesting times, we think. IPL 2030 on Netflix? Who knows, it might well be worth a shot. For the next few minutes, you're going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy and anything that gives you goosebumps. I am Chinmay Bhogle and here is the main story for 19th January 2022. Speaking about shots, Microsoft clearly fired one on Tuesday. It's not often that you hear about acquisition deals worth $70 billion. Certainly not in gaming. Well, if you thought last week's $11 billion merger of Take-Two and Zynga was big, you haven't seen massive. Microsoft made a monster buy yesterday, and the company it acquired, Activision Blizzard, has been in the news lately for all the wrong reasons. Before we delve into all of that, here's a brief on what Microsoft gets for that big money it shelled out. First, the deal makes Microsoft the third largest gaming company in the world by revenue, behind Tencent and Sony. Next, this will also ensure that our popular gaming franchises such as Call of Duty, Warcraft and Overwatch will in all likelihood be available only on the Microsoft ecosystem. 
And beyond the titles, it'll give Microsoft access to high-quality gaming talent. Putting it in a good position to leap into the buzzword, we promise not to use, but one that starts with a company name and ends with verse. But what Microsoft also gets is a company grappling with pretty much a messed up workplace culture. Rife with harassment, it's terrible handling of misconduct issues and exits. It's also facing a lawsuit in California over gender bias and particularly its treatment of women employees. Not looking good? Oh, absolutely. So much so that its business partners such as, wait for it, Microsoft, have flagged these issues in the recent past. And just last week, toy maker Lego pushed its Overwatch 2 merchandise launch because of the company's situation. What's worse, the CEO of the game maker, Bobby Kotick, knew about these promises but didn't brief the board, according to a Wall Street Journal report in November. His future, post-acquisition, is uncertain. So then why did Microsoft go through with the deal? Because it's been desperately looking for deals in the gaming industry. In 2020, it acquired Bethesda for $7.6 billion. It looked at Discord. And so when it saw an opportunity to acquire Activision despite its recent struggles, it took a $68.7 billion bet. How does it all add up? Let's break it down. One, Microsoft has little presence in mobile gaming. With a game like Candy Crush in Activision's portfolio, it gives it a neat entry point. It also helps it navigate the tricky issue of App Store fees levied by Google and Apple. Eventually, it wants to control distribution and bypass them. But most importantly, it helps enhance Microsoft's cloud-based Xbox Game Pass subscription product, dubbed as the Netflix for Games, which is already showing growth. It increased by 7 million users on a year-on-year basis. But of course, this deal will also turn Washington's attention towards Microsoft, which has in the last few years been escaping its glare on antitrust issues. We have with us today Arjun Sen, an avid gamer and marketing professional from Mumbai, who will break this development down from a gamer's perspective. Arjun, thanks for coming on the show. So can you tell us why this is such a big deal, beyond the obvious size of the deal itself? Well, I think, you know, this deal kind of changes the entire landscape of video games as we know it. Uh, I mean, this isn't some indie studio that Microsoft has bought that, that, you know, that makes side-scrolling games. I mean, we're talking about one of the biggest studios out there and they have some, they have, they have some of the most iconic AAA titles out there. So whether it's a Call of Duty, whether it's Warcraft, Diablo, and all of them, if not right away, but very soon will just become Xbox exclusive. So, you know, Call of Duty is the preeminent first-person shooter game in the world right now. And very soon, only people with Xbox consoles or Windows uh, PCs will be able to play it. So that in itself, I think, kind of, you know, encapsulates why this is such a big deal for Microsoft and the gaming industry. Okay, so you've been a gamer on the Xbox and the PlayStation. Could you talk about how this changes the game for Xbox, particularly with Sony and its own gaming ambitions? I think the the approach that Microsoft and Sony have taken since Phil Spencer took over at Microsoft after the, the disaster that was the Xbox One, the very different uh, courses that they charted, right? Xbox or Microsoft, rather, they were very clear that we are not going to spend too much time trying to build the ultimate entertainment console which was what was uh, what the xbox one was supposed to be and it failed miserably what they did is they wanted to go down the netflix route which was we get content from across 
studios and we put it all together and we already have a great uh you know a great uh, plethora of titles that we we can just use and get people to subscribe to and play so it doesn't matter where these people are playing these games i don't care if you're play, paying uh, playing them on an xbox 360 on an xbox 1 or uh, series s series x whatever the cons the hardware is my point is i want you in my ecosystem and once you're in my uh, in my ecosystem you're a subscriber you pay a monthly fees and you get to enjoy 400 500 titles sony on the other hand they wanted to stick to building their perfect console which is is the playstation 5 which still outsells the xbox uh you know considerably but sony wanted to stick to their proven uh you know triple a exclusive titles like the last of us like god of war uncharted and they wanted to keep building on those franchises they didn't want to you know kind of buy a bethesda or 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 an activision and say that okay now we have these many aaa titles which will be sony exclusive they what they've what sony's done and which has gone under the radar a little is they bought a lot of these indie studios so sony's also in the whole uh, you know acquisition game but they're not they're not spending obscene amounts of money buying these studios these are small studios and they're buying them and they're making games predominantly for playstation but also across platforms so that's the biggest difference but to answer in if if i had to encapsulate what this means for sony this means that they have to come out with subscription service sooner rather than later i think the code name that was leaked in december of last year was spartacus if i'm not mistaken that's what they're calling their subscription service it was supposed to come out later this year but i wouldn't be surprised if it came out uh, in the summer of 2022 because xbox has just changed the game now with this acquisition Right so how does this play then into Microsoft's subscription revenue via Xbox Game Pass When we're talking about the Xbox Game Pass the Xbox Game Pass is a is a monthly subscription fee like you pay for your Netflix or your Spotify uh the number of titles on the Xbox Game Pass keeps increasing uh month on month what something like this means when Microsoft buys uh Bethesda or an Activision what this means is that there are all these big titles like i like i mentioned some of them like overwatch like warcraft like call of duty right now uh, if i'm sitting in my living room i can switch on either my playstation or my xbox and play the latest call of duty 6 months down the line when the new or once this deal is uh, approved uh, and and uh, you know activision becomes only a micro wholly owned by microsoft what happens is a year down the line if i want to play a, the new uh, entrant of the, in, into the call of duty series i will only have be able to play it on an xbox that's the biggest difference that's what microsoft is trying to do to get uh, uh, sony and you know sony's crowd who play who use a playstation to play call of duty or warcraft or overwatch they have to eventually move to an xbox ecosystem if they want to keep playing their favorite games that's the biggest uh, you know difference that this subscription model will make for xbox's gaming fortunes yeah i guess my next question is beyond business what does it change for the average gamer the one that's actually just going to be playing these games i think a i mean the top of my head i can tell you that it will become cheaper right a new call of duty game costs somewhere between 5000 to 6000 depending on the edition that you buy or any game for that matter it costs about 5 to 6k once this the same game is on xbox game pass and it's a day one release you will be paying a subscription fee which i think right now is about 800 if you get the ultimate edition it's 800 a month and you can play the same game in all its glory 
on the day of release. So it becomes cheaper. However, the, the other side of the coin is if you have a PlayStation and you've been on the Sony ecosystem, like I mentioned, and you're a huge COD fan, at some point of time, you have to move over to the Microsoft ecosystem to be able to en- keep enjoying your favorite game. So the, it's it's like a catch-22 situation. You have to spend less to play the game if you're already on the Microsoft ecosystem, but you have to spend considerably more to buy a new Xbox to keep playing it a year down the line. That's how I would say things will change for the average gamer. So Arjun, we've been talking a lot about this. What's your favorite game? I'm curious to know. What's your favorite game? I mean, my favorite game would be The Last of Us. Uh, both, both, the both editions. I mean, I think those are masterpieces, and and uh, people who are not gamers will soon get to see a, an HBO series based on the game. So that's that's that'll help uh, you know kind of move uh, popularity of that series. And the game I'm playing currently is well, I I play a lot of FIFA and NBA online, so that's what I'm currently hooked onto because it's it's been a it's not been a great year for gaming. There haven't been too many releases in 2021. So 2022, a lot of AAA titles are are dropping. So expect more games coming out soon. Thanks, Arjun. So my final question is, what is the gaming community and you personally looking forward to the most? See, I think what uh, the entire gaming community across the world is really looking forward to is what Sony's next move. I mean, their their stocks dro- dropped last uh, last evening when the news and the news was, re- was released. You know, Sony has to come up with something. Uh, which will tackle and which will kind of counter the Xbox Game Pass. Uh, if you listen to any experts in the industry, Sony's already missed the ball. And, uh, you know, Xbox is far ahead when it comes to the subscription model. It'll be fun to see how Sony's, Sony counters it. Sony is still uh, relying heavily on hardware sales and uh, new editions of their iconic titles. So they have a big game coming up in February, which is called Horizon Forbidden West. And that's that's going to be another huge, uh, you know, uh, thing for Sony. If if that game does well and sells the kind of numbers that they expect it to sell, then maybe Sony can, you know, delay the whole subscription model for another few weeks or months, maybe. Thanks again, Arjun. You can catch this podcast daily on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. We are The Signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. We are prepping for tomorrow's Signal, so stay tuned.